the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. Can you guys complete this super famous phrase for me? In the name of the Father and of the Son and... Who's that? Who is the, the Holy Spirit, this third person of the Trinity? Um, the Holy Spirit is near and dear to my heart, and the Holy Spirit is uh, core and, and everything about our, our vision here. Uh, we want to create a space where the Holy Spirit can do all that the Holy Spirit wants to do, don't we? We want to raise families where the kids are uh, more moved by the Holy Spirit than any modern opinion, right? We want... We want our families to be immersed in God. Do you know that the promise of the Father, John the Baptist was tapping into it prophetically every time he dunked someone. This appears in all four Gospels and in the book of Acts. He says, I I might baptize you in water, and baptize is baptismo, which means to dunk, simply to dunk. I might dunk you or baptize you in water, but one is coming after me who is mightier than I, who was before me, whose sandals I'm not worthy to even stoop down and untie, and he will dunk you into all of God. John the Baptist, in this moment, he's, he's... so much is happening as he's saying this. And it's, it's almost like his, it, it's his like game day pep talk as he's dunking everyone, you know, like I, I'm baptizing you in water, but you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. And he says, I'm not, I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie this guy's sandal. And so to untie another man's sandals in that day and age meant that you were about to wash his feet. The lowest servant, as you walked through the door of your home, that lowest servant would untie your sandals and wash your feet so that you can walk into your house with clean feet. And John, in this moment, is saying, I'm not even worthy to begin to wash your feet. And Jesus comes along and and says, I want you to be the one that washes me in the waters. How incredibly humble is this man, Jesus? And of course, we get to the point in Jesus' life story where he knows that everything's been placed under his feet, and he takes off his outer garments, wraps a towel around his waist, fills a basin with water, stoops down, and washes the feet of men who didn't think that they were worthy of his love. Who would like to be dunked into all of God again this morning, all over again? You know, there's always more Holy Spirit. There's always a fresh dunking, a fresh filling, a fresh empowering. Um, What if everything that has transpired in our life has been orchestrated or redeemed by God to lead us into this room, into this very moment? What if He has, by his divine intentions and interventions and course corrections and his dreaming and scheming, he has conspired with the universe to steer your bottoms into this chair, into this very moment. 
He is our guide, right? Whether we know it or not, whether we're uh, completely in line and choosing to agree, he's really good at correcting. He is a better leader than the enemy is a deceiver, isn't he? We gave our lives to a man who refers to himself as the path. He says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, which means that right now you are at your destination because you're in him. And he's in you. We can just like breathe a sigh of relief. In fact, let's just do that. Let's just breathe and say, say with me, I'm on the right path. Because we're in him, and he's in us. So um, I would like for all of us, since the Holy Spirit is always present, I would like for us to be like him and be present. And from wherever our minds or souls have wandered, whether it's future tripping or worrying or we're thinking about something that's going on next or some problem in our life, let's, let's just be right here, right now. Because right here and right now is a moment that is pregnant with joy and peace and hope in the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants to do something life-transforming in every single one of us this morning. Do you guys remember, or maybe you're wondering what it's like when you experience a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, or where... You can fill in the blank, whether you don't know what the word manifestation means or not, we're going to get to that later, but you got wrecked by the Lord. You got schwacked by his glory. You got drunk in the spirit. You got full of peace and hope. Anybody like, you know what it's like when you actually feel this God that you believe in. You know, there's a vast difference between knowing God loves you and feeling his love for you, right? If you're anything like me, when you felt the Holy Spirit, one of a dozen things might happen. You might start weeping or laughing or weep laughing. <laughs> you might feel like dancing. You might fall down like a dead man. That is in the Bible also. You might lose your ability to speak. Let's hope that doesn't happen, but I welcome it for me this morning. <laughs> you might be wondering if I already lost it. <laughs> People lose control of their faculties sometimes, or they are inspired by the overwhelming presence and power of God to do things as a demonstration of love or just because we don't know what to do. You know, those eyes that blaze like fire, short circuit all my wires, <laughs> right? Biblically, you can end up speaking in strange tongues. You might prophesy. You get caught up into ecstatic encounters, fall into trances. You experience joy unspeakable, shaking and trembling from power that you feel. If you are made in his image, but you're formed from dust, and the voice of the Lord hits you, You begin 
to feel as if maybe all of your molecules might explode out of this frame that is loosely held together by the voice and power of God, right? This voice that shatters oaks and twists up cedars and thunders from, from heaven can destroy anything made except that when it hits us, we reverberate with the sound because the mark of the maker is on us. So thank God for the Quakers. What a wonderful legacy. I love their oats. I went to a school where we very much welcomed the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And um, in one of the very first worship conferences uh, that this ministry held, it's, it's a ministry named Morning Star. It's on the East Coast. And one of the very first worship conferences that they had, um, Don Potter and Susie Yarai and Leonard Jones and a few other just great fathers and mothers of the, wor of the worship world, fathers and mothers of the faith were on stage, and, and they ended up worshiping long past an hour, just waves of joy, waves of the Holy Spirit, manifestations of his power were coming through the room, and then there came this moment when a, a visible cloud, visible to everyone in the room, not like goosebumps, like with your open eyes, everyone saw a visible cloud manifest on the stage, and the whole sound system fritzed out and went and you hear screaming on the recording because there are worshipers diving from the stage and hiding under chairs and shaking because the Lord had manifested in a very visible way. The cloud is, uh, sometimes he manifests you know, in the cloud. He, the, he led the Israelites by cloud, if you want a scripture. Um, and so that's the school that I went to. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were trained to uh, minister in the manifestations of the Spirit's power. We were trained to hear God for other people um, through uh, bringing our senses into submission to the Holy Spirit so that he, allowing us to be able to um, prophesy over, over other people. And so I'm saying all of this to let y'all know that I'm weird and I... <laughs> And I ended up like in, in, in Dallas uh, 17 years ago, not knowing that it was, that I was as weird as I am <laughs> until I got here. <laughs> and and my, my journey from, from there was to be the, the guy that believed for the weird stuff, has seen the weird stuff, has seen God manifest, has prophesied, sings in the spirit, like all of these things. Who, who, caught up in ecstasy, believes, I believe in dreaming from the Lord and getting a dream interpreter. I believe, I've seen speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues from the time I was a, a kid. I knew what it felt like for the corporate glory to show up and for pastors to prophesy and lay hands on the sick. I saw miracles as a kid and deliverances, demonic deliverances that were met with power. That's just how I grew up. And then I, I came here. I didn't know that it was, that wasn't the norm for the South. And so I had a learning curve of how to, how to meet everyone where they're at. And we want to be that radical middle church where we are meeting not just the world, but the, over, the, the, the churched. 
We want to meet the world and the church where we're at. This is what Jesus does. If you're standing in, in square A and he is all the way over in Z at the end of the alphabet, he, Jesus doesn't stand from the Z square and yell, you got to start moving. Like, what's wrong with, don't you realize that B is better? <laughs> he steps, he keeps one foot in Z, steps all the way to B, puts out his hand and says, let me take you on a journey with me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes. That's something that only the Holy Spirit can do. You know how like when you come to church and it doesn't look like we know what we're doing because we usually don't. And, but for some reason, the Lord shows up and we all feel as if we are the most important person in the room. That is only God. He shows up and is able to make everyone feel like he came for just them. I believe in all the manifestations of the Spirit's power listed out in the Bible, but I also believe that, um, that he is going above and beyond all that we ask or imagine. The Bible provides for us a great uh, list of ways that God has manifested and can manifest. But um, the, we, we now have people who are learning how to in, uh, interpret dreams by the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is also in the Bible. But I'm just saying that God is able to go above and beyond even all the things that we see in Scripture. It will line up with the truth of Scripture but to say that he can't do anything that's not in here limits a man who has no beginning and end to a book that has both a beginning and end, right? In other words, he can go beyond any of our expectations. Isn't it cool how a God who never changes always ends up surprising us? Like that's, it's amazing his ability to do that. If you like the old King Jimmy Bible, you might know that... Um, it's not just, you can refer to the Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit, but also Holy Ghost, and, which begs the question, why ghost? Um, and it's because the Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of Christ, which tells us that Holy Ghost is only going to operate just like Jesus did, just like Jesus does. Jesus said, it's better that I go because you're going to get Holy Ghost, it's better that I go, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send you my helper, the helper, his spirit indwelling us that now we don't have to walk or drive somewhere to get a front row seat to the glory of God. We can look within and the glory of God is right here. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So what are some titles and functions of the Holy Spirit? He's known as the comforter, counselor, or advocate, paraclete. When soccer season comes, that's important. <laughs> it's Greek. I'll let y'all look it up. He is our deposit, our seal, our earnest, guaranteeing our inheritance. Guaranteeing our inheritance. Isn't this wonderful? He's our guide. He's the indwelling, indweller of believers. He is our intercessor. This is a cool one, Romans 8, 
when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit does, and so we can just groan. And he'll know exactly what we're saying, and it's the perfect prayer in that moment. He's the revealer. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of God, spirit of the Lord, spirit of Christ, spirit of life, and he is our teacher. He is our rabbi, and I welcome Holy Spirit to be our rabbi this morning to teach us amazing things from Scripture and also reveal to us the nature and beautiful face of God. So how do we grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit? There are so many... So many directions we could go with this, but I, I wanted to just give you a few handles, a few handlebars to uh, begin to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I am with you on this journey. In fact, if you leave here today thinking that I'm more spiritual than you, then the gospel wasn't preached. He leveled the playing field. No one has a junior Holy Spirit. I'm not a professional Christian. I'm just like you. We're on a journey of discovering the Lord together. together. So ways to grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Uh, first and, and foremost, we acknowledge him. Say, hey, Holy Spirit. It's wonderful that you're here right now. It says in Proverbs, that, um, Proverbs 3, 6, that when we acknowledge him in all our ways, that he will make our paths straight or he will direct our paths, which means that um, we, we just invite, we include, we turn our attention, we make ourselves aware that he is already here, inviting him into the journey. If we don't know what to do, he has got our back, and we just choose something to do, and whether it was right or wrong, he can clean it up. That's what directing your paths means, okay? I've grown up really accustomed to the Holy Spirit. I told you a little bit about my childhood, but I think it's important that we, of course, we we don't want to become overly casual or careless or disrespectful when relating to God, right? But I don't think that's the South's problem. And I can say that because I love the South. I've lived here 18 years. I think the Bible Belt has a different problem. It's not that we're overly casual or careless or disrespectful. It's that we have an unhealthy fear or concept of distance or this idea that he's easily offended by us, right? He's always with us, and nothing can separate us from his love. Therefore, if nothing can separate us from his love, there is no place we can go that he isn't already at. There's no place that we can run that is outside of his love. Even the psalmist began to discover this before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He said, if I make my bed at the bottom of the sea, you're there. If I tell the mountain to fall on me, you're there. If I, if I say darkness, hide me. The darkness is as, where can I flee from your presence? Beloved, the good news is you can't. Right. He is like Mr. Right. Existence. Right. Like God's not in heaven. Heaven's in God. All creation is in Christ. How are you going to escape him? Right. But he loves to be acknowledged. He appreciates being appreciated, right? 
Have you ever gone through like a really hard time with your spouse and just said, this really stinks, but I'm so glad we're together in this? He wants to be with you through the pain, through the confusion, through the doubt, and he wants to be with you in the party. He loves to be invited to a good party. Another way that we can grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit is to have a normal conversation with him. That sounds simple. It's way easier said than done. Trust me. Every one of us, we have a prayer voice. (laughs) We have inflections. We have like this accent that comes over us sometimes when we pray as if he's going to hear us better if we say, God. (laughs) Right? Here, here's, a way, here's a way to, to start. This is a baby step. Remove the word the from his name for a while. And just say, hey, Holy Spirit. Here's the difference. Vince, wouldn't it be weird if we were hanging out face to face and I kept on saying, good morning, the Vince. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person who acts just like Jesus. Um, and he doesn't get offended by this. He doesn't get offended. In fact, he gets excited as we begin to enter into a more familial love. Not disrespectful, but becoming accustomed to having a friendship In fact, you could have a nickname for each other. Jesus had nicknames, and he gave nicknames to his friends. Sounds funny, but it actually might open you up to uh, a new level of intimacy and healing. Here's 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 a stepping stone for you. Instead of saying, Father, next time you pray, say, Dad. Or Abba. Or Papa. I don't know if you want to say daddy, but you're welcome to. Say, like, refer to him in more uh, personal terms. You don't, or the, the, the term that you used for your earthly dad, that, that where you knew him and he knew you, why, why not begin to use that with our heavenly father? All right, another way to grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit Perfect timing to hear some praise. <laughs> so we draw near through worship and praise, through thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 4. This is one of our, one of our ministry's uh, um, keystone verses. Is, uh, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This is not necessarily a, a physical description. This is because we know that we're seated in heavenly places and heaven is at hand. Heaven is all around us. And so when we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, we're not technically going somewhere. We're making our spirits aware that we are seated in glory with him. Right? So he loves thanksgiving. I, I don't like to hang out with people for very long that aren't thankful for me. Do you? Like you... <laughs> 
you can tolerate being around people that don't appreciate you for a time, but they're not the ones that are close to you, are they? And so the more we appreciate, the more we are grateful to the Lord for his presence, the more we're going to be seeing manifestations of his presence. See, he, he very much likes to be uh, uh, allowed or enabled or given permission. Of course, the, God can do whatever God wants to do, but there's a marked difference between a body of believers that say, uh, we've got our agenda, this is how we worship the Lord, this is how we like, do our Sunday morning, and whatever you want, Holy Spirit, we're here for the wild ride. We want whatever you have for us this morning because we're tired of playing church. We want to encounter the living God. So we get undignified. Y'all like that word? And I'll become even more undignified than this. <laughs> Some might say it's foolishness. He gives empowering grace to people who are able to step past their own ego and persona and wondering what people think of them into heartfelt worship. Empowering grace, he gives grace to the? And conversely, he resists the? I don't know if you ever have like had God on the opposite team of you, like you're lining up against the defensive line and you look up and there's God. <laughs> that's God resisting you. You don't want that. You want him next to you, knocking down every player in front of you as you run alongside of him. He gives grace to the humble. If I'm too proud to lift my hands, I can't expect him to empower them for healing. Okay, so manifestations, <laughs> manifestations of the spirit. The word manifest comes from manifesto, or if, you, if you're familiar with shipping uh, ships, <laughs> shipping container ships, the, every ship has a manifest, it has a ma or a manifest list. And so manifest is um, when you bring what was hidden in the hull onto the harbor to make plain and evident to everyone. So what was hidden becomes evident. That's what manifest means. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, when you, when you read the phrase gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's inter interchangeable with manifestations of the Spirit because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are actually the Holy Spirit showing up. Actually, the Holy Spirit becoming evident when we are bringing to light what was hidden in the hull of this container. So gifts are these divine enablements. And the reason I'm bringing up the gifts is if we want to grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, we have to become really accustomed and comfortable to all the different manifestations of his power. Gifts are divine enablements, core competency, superpowers, Romans 12 lists out a bunch of the gifts. Some of them are prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, mercy. 1 Corinthians 12 says that uh, some of the gifts of the Spirit are words of wisdom, word of knowledge, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I love how Paul just was like, I don't know all of them, so I'm just going to put in miracles. It's just like the catch-all for everything else, right? <laughs> 
1 Corinthians 12, 28, there's some more. It helps is a gift. Administration. These manifestations um, are, can be bizarre to what we're used to. Manifesting the Holy Spirit is simply just giving him room to be himself. And he is sometimes not like us. He's different. He, he shows up in ways that are uh, counterintuitive or contrary to uh, any kind of cultural programming that we've received. Here's uh, my pastoral admonishment to bring balance to this teaching. Jesus who is perfect in his spirituality, right? We want to be just like him. He's perfect in his spirituality. He was able to relate and have conversation and laugh with people around him. He was able to conduct himself in a manner where he was understood. So hear, hear me. This is important. His spirituality did not alienate him from humanity, but enabled him to connect deeply with humanity. And so our spirituality, we shouldn't be thinking like, um, well, I'm just in heaven all the time, which is why I can't relate to people. That's not it. Jesus who is perfect in his spirituality, got in flesh. We shouldn't be trying to escape our flesh, which he baptized in his glory. Right? So like Jesus, when he was hanging out with people and they needed an answer, he didn't say, give me five minutes. I got to go up to heaven, high five Enoch or something, and I'll come back. (laughs) With the answer. We need to be fools for Christ, which means that we are fools like Christ. Like he loves childlikeness, but childlikeness is different than childishness. Okay? Can I have the uh, worship team come up? We started off today um, talking about how we can sing in the spirit, uh, which Paul says we can do in 1 Corinthians 14. We can sing with the Spirit, or we can sing in the Spirit. We can sing with our minds. Colossians 3.16, he encourages believers uh, to speak to one another, sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spirit songs or spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts. In Ephesians 5.18, he says, uh, we ought to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melodies and be filled with the Spirit. So singing in the Spirit is often the, it's like the easiest way to begin to experience the filling of the Spirit. It says, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spirit songs. And so I actually want to practice this. So number five, this is, this is the final way. of I, it's, This is not an exhaustive list, but number five How to become intimate with the Holy Spirit is to speak in tongues a lot. Sing in tongues. Sing in the Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 that he wants wants everyone to speak in tongues. He also said this is the biggest church at the time. So hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands are receiving this letter, this admonition from Paul. And in it, he says, 
I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He wasn't, that, that wasn't a flex. He's genuinely grateful like that he is, he's speaking in tongues. He must be speaking in tongues all the time. Just singing in the spirit, stay, like acknowledging his connection with the Lord. God doesn't give bad gifts, and so I want it. Don't you want it? I want every gift that God has given. Speaking in tongues is good. We build ourselves up through speaking in tongues and singing in the spirit, which is why we, we started off today just allowing our hearts to bubble up and, and overflow in spirit songs and singing to the Lord. And I want to close out today continuing to do that for a few minutes. Can I also have the uh, ministry team come up? They're going to be uh, available for the laying on of hands, for healing, for prophecy. And if you want to ask them to pray that you would begin to speak in tongues, aka pray in the spirit and begin to utter those mysteries between you and God, and you, you're welcome to do that. But um, we're going to put this into practice for a few minutes. He understands every groan you release. So just begin to sing a note or a groan with me. We make room for you. We sing in the spirit and we sing with our minds now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, spiritual songs, melody in our hearts. Cause you're worthy of this. You're worthy. Shebrandarandadi, Kudrata, Deva, Nana, 
You close. 